This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest today is Father Stefan Brown. Father is a member of the Society of Divine Word and also the pastor of St. Joseph's in St. Pete, and there are two huge anniversaries happening, Father. Tell us about the two huge anniversaries. The huge anniversary is the anniversary of St. Joseph Catholic Church. We have been in one year, a year of jubilee. We were founded June 14th, 1922, and that founding in the great wisdom that Father James O'Riordan had began as a mission of St. Mary's Catholic Church. So St. Mary's is really our mother church here in St. Petersburg. And in 1930, it was elevated to a parish and probably for about 30 years. And then in the 60s, things got a bit troublesome for the parish and it has been a struggle. But we are there on the south side dealing with the social issues, change in demographic. But we've been serving the community for now for 100 years. So that's the really big, important celebration that we're having. We started and we opened with a mass at Bishop Parks on January 16th, 2022. And we're having our closing of the Jubilee year with the celebration May 21st, a mass at 10 o'clock. And then our closing gala will be at USF Student Center here in St. Pete. So it's been a great year of celebration. Now, you don't want to talk about yourself, but we're going to make you talk about yourself. It's also an anniversary for you personally. For me, it is a milestone anniversary. I was ordained to the priesthood in the Society of the Divine Word by Bishop Leonard Olivier, SVD, in Techni, Illinois, on March the 27th, 1993. So this is my 30th anniversary year, and I guess we're sort of celebrating all year long. It's been a great 30 years, and people ask me, how are you? And I'm still happy, and I'm still excited, and still vibrantly and courageously living the gospel through my priesthood. So, 30 years. What drew you to the Society of Divine Word? Well, the Society of Divine Word is one of two of the first religious communities to accept African Americans into the religious order, and is the first to actually build a seminary for African Americans first in 1920 in Greenville, Mississippi, and was then moved toward Catholic Louisiana to Bay St. Louis, Mississippi in 1923. So the first class of African-American priests was 1934. And actually, as a young seminarian in college, I actually had a chance to meet some of those priests. We didn't grow up seeing too many. I only met one African-American priest as a child. That was Father Charles Burns. And he happened to be an SVD, and he was pastor of St. Aloysius in Cleveland, but I was like eight when I met him, so I didn't really know what all that meant. But that's what was most important for me because at the time, I thought that I could make my difference in the African-American community. Not knowing 30 years later, I will have traveled, I guess, about 17 countries around the world and now speak five languages. So its ministry has gone far beyond the African-American apostolate. When Bishop Parks approached you six years ago, were you living up north? Oh, six years ago, I came to Florida to serve in campus ministry and served under Dr. Arthur Kirk at St. Leo University as the assistant to the president for university ministry. I was in that ministry for nine years, and I was also the supply priest and sort of like chaplain for the Brazilian community. So I was celebrating masses in Portuguese at St. Paul's in Tampa, and then that ministry sort of became a full-time for just under a year for about 10 months 
when I left St. Leo, I was at St. Paul's, and Bishop Parks approached me and said it was a universal and decision on personnel board that Father Stefan Brown would be the best person to take St. Joseph on the south side of St. Pete. And you weren't about to tell Bishop Parks no. Actually, I told the bishop I have to think about it. Remember, the bishop technically is not my superior. He gives me faculties to serve here. And so I asked him, could I have some time to pray about it and look at it? And he gave me that. And what was happening in St. Petersburg, I think just a quick mention was, at the time the bishop was asking me, they were in transition and crime was really, really bad. And we're on the south side. So at that time it was young people were stealing cars and joyriding and carjacking and all of that. Well, it's a sigh of relief now that our crime in St. Petersburg has gone down drastically over the past six years. We've been actively engaged in social justice ministry, outreach to the community, particularly to youth and children in the community, keeping them safe. And so the violence and crime in St. Pete has drastically, drastically declined. And we're very happy about, by our courageously living the gospel, in witnessing on the south side of St. Petersburg, I think we St. Joseph has had a, a great impact on the community. Can you talk about the neighborhood when you arrived six years ago to St. Joseph <laughs> versus how it is today? I'll tell you a couple things that happened. I officially became pastor July 1st of 2017. And just before then, so it was right the end, last week of June, I arrived on campus to drop off some personal you know, my investments and personal supplies to the sacristy. And Channel 10 was in the parking lot. And I wasn't dressed in clerics. I was in my Adidas outfit. People that know me know that, um, you know, I go to the gym and stuff, so I'm in my gym clothes. And Channel 10 said, don't I know you? And I said, well, you probably do from working over in Tampa at St. Paul's and a lot of things we did there. So a woman had been attacked by three pit bulls Ooh. and was, had been hospitalized and then brought home. And there I was, new to the community, meeting a family in the community, praying with this woman in the streets after she's been bandaged and returned home. And that opened up my relationship with the community, walked around and just kind of knocked on doors, met people, even talked to the guys that were um, the drug dealers. I knew them, and I can remember walking to the back alley and meeting people back there in the community. There was a lot of drinking, drugging, and loud noise and cars kind of all over the place. And all we did was just show up and start walking and engaging and letting people know that we were there and not running people away, not telling them you can't do that here, but rather just respect the place is all I asked them to do. I said, you're here, respect us. And they did and they do. And we have a great relationship with the South Side. And it's interesting you ask this question because I've worked with Chief Holloway and Mayor Rick Kreisman and currently now Mayor Kenneth Welsh, and we've all worked together to make the South Side a better place. And so our closing gala will be honoring and remembering some of our dignitaries. Former Mayor Kreisman is going to be our guest speaker. Interesting, he's also Jewish. His wife is Catholic. They've come to St. Joseph. We'll be honoring Chief Holloway, who's also Jewish. And then the mayor will be there, and Senator Rusan, a parishioner, will be there, and it's going to be a great celebration because it's an opportunity for me to say thank you to our civic leaders who've helped us in partnership with us in our ministry on the South Side, as well as priests from local parishes who have supported parishes around not just St. Petersburg, even up in Danita. Father Gary's parish up there helped us a great deal. So we're going to be honoring and remembering a lot of the priests that have also supported our ministry. 
Father, what would you say to a young man who is considering entering the seminary? Are there warnings that you would share with him? And what are some of the beautiful things that you have experienced? First of all, I often will speak with young men, particularly when I see a very active and lively, vibrant faith life that is centered around things like serving, you know, Eucharist on Sundays, very actively involved in the parish, very actively involved in ministry, and simply asking them the question, have you considered a vocation? Have you thought about the possibility of being a priest? More often than not, some have said, yes, we've, I've thought about it, so I encourage them. And I share with them that our vocation is a unique vocation. I personally believe that if a young person is sort of struggling with it, has been thinking about it, they've really said, maybe this is something I should consider. Because of the special calling, I think they're probably being called. And so it's a matter of beginning to say, Lord, yes, and then an openness to the seminary. Young people today, sometimes I tell them, okay, because you're considering it and you decide to go, it doesn't mean the night you arrive, the bishop makes you a priest. Your road to the priesthood will be a long one. And throughout that process is continuing discernment, listening to the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life and listening to his call. Part of that call continues in your priesthood. You're celebrating 30 years, but you're also moving on from the parish celebrating 100 years. Yes, that is public knowledge now that I am moving on. Part of the mission uh, in coming to St. Petersburg and staying so long, 17 years here in the diocese, is my parents also lived with me. They were in their 80s when they moved down, and during this time here, I have accompanied them both in crossing and passing to be in life eternal with the Lord. And so, in a certain sense, when my parents passed, I felt like a big part of my mission and purpose for being here had ended. I completed that part of my mission. And so, as religious, I was waiting to hear from my superior what was next. But because of the great openness of my provincial at the time, Father Mark Weber, and also Father Huang Duk Ding, the current provincial of the Chicago province, they understood how important it was for me to be, first of all, in ministry that was exciting at St. Louis University. I still say that those were the happiest years of my, of my priesthood being here in Florida at St. Leo and now at St. Joseph. But I think that is the most important thing for me was that I found such great joy serving and working with young people. We did mission trips to Brazil, took students from St. Leo to Brazil, got involved in the campus ministry, and it was great to go back and visit. And I saw things continue that we started, the retreat ministry that we started on campus, the community service projects that we were doing, and the surf trips that came out of campus ministry. Stephen Kabashek was a student who sort of headed that up. And so it was just great memories and a great spirit and a great energy of vibrancy in campus ministry and then transitioning to St. Joseph. It was great to come to a community that was in need and to serve that community. We're talking with Father Stefan Brown, who is from the Society of Divine Word, celebrating 30 years as a priest, also the pastor, at least for a short time, for St. Joseph's in St. Petersburg, who celebrates their 100th anniversary. So it is a year of celebration for you, Father, and for the parishioners of St. Joseph. Congratulations and happy anniversary to you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is How We See It. You're listening to How We See It 
a look at issues and ministries that are having an impact in our community and world. If you missed any of today's program, you'll find a copy on Spirit FM's SoundCloud page. There's a link to it at myspiritfm.com. Now, back to our program. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest today is Father Franco Pinto, who is the director of Mary Help of Christian Center. And Father, you have a big old camp coming up this summer, don't you? Yes, we do. So is this for Catholics only, or do you accept Christians, non-Christians? It's, it's for people of all faiths, I mean, for kids of all faiths. But it's a faith-based camp. It's predominantly faith-based, Catholic faith-based, but it's open to anybody and everybody. All kids of all faiths are welcome. It's $175 a week, but if you have two kids, it's 150 You have three kids, it's 125 You have four, it's 100 100 is the minimum they will pay. This is not an overnight camp, right? No, it starts at 7 in the morning, and we're done by 4 in the evening. So you do have discounts for multiple children. How Correct. about if you're signing up for multiple weeks? Yeah, they will receive a 25% discount. 25%, yeah. nice. Correct. If you are struggling to pay the bills, though, and you can't afford to send your child to the camp, is there any sort of financial aid available? Yes, there is. We have a lot of people who went to the camp when they were kids and they've come back and said, I'd like to sponsor a child. I'd like to help with the tuition for some of the kids. And so they give us a little money. It's not like there's a lot of money, but we have scholarships available. We can only give what we have. So we receive $5,000 worth, $5, worth of scholarships is given out. Uh, it depends on how much we receive, but there are scholarships available for those who can't afford. And if you sign your child up for the camp, what type of activities can they expect? From water activities to land activities. So water activities, we have canoes, water skiing, tubing. We have a pool that's a junior Olympic size pool. We have a water trampoline, things in the water. And then on the land, we have all kinds of games from soccer to baseball to creative games that happens, including fishing. There's lots that goes on this place. So you keep them busy. As far as the water sports go, though, I hear water in Florida, and the first thing I think of is alligators. Yeah, uh, that's that's true, even in our place, but it's safe. We've had no incidents yet. But when we have groups of kids in there, the alligators stay far away anyhow. Yeah. yeah so we've never had a, an incident. We've never seen one, let's put it that way, when the kids are around. What kind of staffing do you have? Is it run by volunteers? Do you have paid staff? The main staff is all paid, but then we have a lot of 16 and 17-year-olds, volunteers that get service hours for doing five days a week. They get about 50 hours a week of service hours. Those are the volunteers. But the rest of them are paid. It's a paid camp. That's not a money-making camp. We really break even. Part of the main goal for the camp is to teach the kids a certain message. And what is that message? Two reasons why we have this camp. One, to minister to their souls, to get them to heaven. So the day begins with Mass, and then during the day we have faith formation, and then at the end we have a little good night thought that we give the kids before they leave. We minister to their souls while we also minister to their bodies and their minds through the different games. But the second reason why we do this is what do kids do when, when they're not outdoors? They're either playing on their phones or doing something naughty outside, depending on the neighborhood you come from. So you, once you bring them into this kind of a setup, they're creative. Maybe keep them out of trouble. And the parents can do their thing, not worrying about their child because they're in good hands. Then they grow with us to be happy, healthy, and holy. That's what we want them to be. That's the purpose of the camp. We're talking with Father Franco from Mary Help of Christians. So, Father, where is the camp and what's special about the property? So the camp is at Mary Help Christian Center. It's on 6400 East Chelsea Street. 
It's huge properties, 120 acres, a huge lake within the property, two ponds in the property. So what's special about the property is, is the barn that we have, the animals that we have. We have nine horses and we have a lot of little animals. They're all kid friendly. Even a two year old can stand in front of a seven foot horse and not be afraid the horse will not stomp on them. The kids learn to ride, the kids learn to, to be close to nature through the animals while they're close to nature through activities on the lake and so on. So it's, it's very special because they're, they're one with nature. So that's part of the daily activities. That's is- correct. Father, can you talk a little bit about the Salesians and the message of St. John Bosco, which is part of your charism? Well, thanks for asking that question, because that explains why we do what we do. Uh, The Salesians, Don Bosco founded the Salesians to take care of the poor kids in Turin, Italy, and now we are in 134 countries, and here being in the United States, our focus is young people, their souls. We do schools, we run activities but they are activities so that we can minister to their souls. We never forget why we do what we do. Running a school, we can get them to college, but the reason why we run the school is because we want to minister to their souls. That is the primary reason why we run activities. Our motto is, give me souls, take away the rest. That's our motto. That's the Salesian motto. And if you come to Mary Help, the motto is, as soon as you enter the driveway, you'll find the mission statement posted on the driveway, which says, to help each other grow in holiness. That we help one another. In every conversation, how is it making you holy? How is it making me holy? In every interaction, how is it making you holy? How is it making me holy? We never forget why we do what we do, and we're focused on that completely. And therefore, sacraments are so important. Sacrament of reconciliation, sacrament of going to Mass, devotion to our Blessed Mother are very, very important. The three key things we do not sacrifice in any of our ministries, any of our missions, and neither will we sacrifice this at our camp. The kids know right away they're coming to a Catholic camp. They're going to be in, there's going to be mass every single day. Some of the parents are happy about it. Some parents say it's okay, but they know that we're going to instill in them values, even though they might not be people of our faith, of the Catholic faith, but they know they're going to have kids coming out of the camp convicted in values and good morals. It's not a case that you are force feeding the Catholic faith onto, say, a non-Catholic. Correct. You're just planting a seed, and if it grows, if they feed it, good. That's correct. That's correct. We are called to evangelize. We are called not to shy away from being who we are. It's contagious, you know. When, when you have a lot of kids singing and praising the Lord, and it's just a beautiful place to be, and everybody joins in. It doesn't mean that we're going to proselytize and say, hey, you got to become a Catholic. No, we don't. We have never done that. We will never do that. But eventually, if something good comes out of this camp, when they grow older, good for them. Father, are you allowed to visit the campus? It sounds like a really nice place to just get away from the noise of the world. When the kids are around, because of safe environment, uh, we are a little careful on who walks around. So we allow people to walk around, but you'll walk around with an adult that is certified, uh, that has gone through a background check. Otherwise, you'll have to go to the main office and get scanned through what we call a system that we have that does a background check, immediate background check on people. So, uh, yes, you can visit the camp, but you're going to be walking with somebody, not by yourself. Because we have kids there, and we are very protective for the kids that we have. How about during just a normal week when there's no camp? Oh, yeah, you can visit when there is no camp. You still have to come up to the main office to sign in because we have a school, then there's no camp, or we have retreats happening on the same campus. We have field trips going on in the barn in the back. There are always kids in our campus. That's our mission as kids, so we always have from 7 in the morning to about 10 at night, you have kids on campus. It's a nice place to visit. Come visit. We'll take you around. We'll be there with you. We'll walk you through the entire campus. The people there are assigned to do that. So 
you're most welcome. You don't have a weekday mass or a weekend mass, right? Oh, we do. Um, we are a parish as well. Oh, really? Yeah, Mary Christian's parish. So this is a daily mass, 6.45 in the morning, 12.10 in the afternoon. And then on Mondays and Wednesdays, we have 7 p.m. Mass and uh, adoration on Wednesdays. And we have a, a Sunday Mass, 5 o'clock in the evening, and then 8 and 11 on Sunday. So the camp begins on June the 12th, and it runs through the end of July. So seven weeks total, Correct. but you can take it week by week. Correct. Can you do a partial week? Partial week, no. We are not set for that yet. We can do one week. So, Father, if people want more information or if they want to sign their child or children up, how do they get a hold of you? Go online. It's www.mhctampa.org, mhctampa.org. And then you can navigate to camp once you're there, or you can just visit the campus and sign up right at the camp office. There's a phone number associated with that. I prefer when people come in person to sign up. The phone number is 813-626-6191. 813-626-6191. What is your capacity and how do the reservations look as the time of this recording? So at this time, we just finished an open house. We had about 60 young kids sign up and the parents signed the kids up. Some weeks we've gone up to about 72, I think, third week. We go right up to about 150. We, we max at 170. We made an exception last year for one of the weeks because we had a big group. You can sign up anytime, but you will be, you'll always find a place in our place. We will accept you whether you can pay or you can't, but we'll, we'll find a way. Our guest today has been Father Franco Pinto, the director of Mary Help of Christian Center. And this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash howwesee it.